Hello Race Reflections community. My name's Mel Green and I am the academic lead at Race Reflections or the Scholar Scout as I am so neatly being called. I'm joining you today to talk about imposter syndrome and the effects of that mainly on black women. On Friday, I received news that I got a new job, a job that I worked really hard for with my interview and by building up the experience to warrant being the successful candidate for that job. And on Friday night, when I heard the news, I celebrated with my husband had a few glasses of Prosecco and felt really proud of myself. Yet by Saturday, I had a niggling feeling, a feeling of anxiety, a feeling of fear that I was going to be found out. And what was going to be found out was that I wasn't good enough for this new role. My interview required me to do two interview tasks. One was a presentation. Another was to create a resource for undergraduate students and also answer interview questions from the panel of five staff members. I worked for a very long time on my presentation I practiced it with my husband, I edited it, I worried about it and fussed over it for many a day up until the interview and did the same with the resource that I had to create. Yet this niggling feeling of not being enough, of being found out, still remained. And I'm left here now on the Tuesday after finding out that news with even stronger feelings of anxiety, stronger feelings of worry. And it's made me think where these feelings are coming from. The interviewees, the panel, gave me feedback after the interview. That feedback was that I was an incredibly strong candidate and that they were impressed by my passion and authenticity. So why am I concerned? And where are these anxieties coming from? I've always worked in education and this is a predominantly white field to work in. I have been a teacher, a learning mentor and various other roles within the education world and I would say that the higher up I've gotten within the education world, the stronger this feeling of imposter syndrome has 
kind of niggled its way into me. I don't know about you, but I was always told that I had to work harder in order to get what white people had. It was something that my granddad, who was an amazing man who hustled his way through life, got everything that he wanted through sheer determination and rugged commitment and really playing the game. And he was the one who said that to me, that I needed to work harder, be better than white people in order to get the same and maybe more if I worked really hard. And I suppose it wasn't until I started to be more successful that I really started to be overproductive and started to believe that I needed to go over and above to not only just progress my way through the hierarchy, but also to maintain my role so that there was a potential that my work, my roles could be taken away from me if I didn't persist with working harder and more hours and overproducing. If I was told that I needed to present on something, I made sure that not only was my presentation content great, but that the delivery, that the quality of the presentation was extra. I I feel like it's the only way to describe it. I burnt out in my last career as a primary school teacher. And this wasn't a low level burnout. This was a massive psychological event, I guess. I wouldn't be exaggerating to call it a mental breakdown where I used to cry on my way to work every day. And that became the norm where I would cry on my way back home from work every day and cry when I got home. It was the norm for me and I was very unhappy, but I also was in a role that was paying well, that I was succeeding at and that I was being respected for. And it made me just think about... Well, Friday's view and my reaction to it by Saturday made me think about my role in education as a black woman and the link that there may be between my race and my experiences of imposter syndrome. I looked for research articles as a researcher that's kind of you know what I do and I found an interesting one about imposter syndrome for black female academics who work in schools of social work. This article by LaShonda Fields and Renee Williams explores black women's social work for 
faculty members' sense of self through the prisms of imposter syndrome and authenticity. And those two words struck a bell with me due to me having feedback that I was authentic, but me feeling those feelings of imposter syndrome. The findings of this study revealed that black women faculty members were concerned about their colleagues' professional and personal perceptions of them. And this often prevented these women from presenting their authentic selves in academic settings. And just that finding alone left me wondering about the link between the authenticity comment and my own feelings of being an imposter. In my interview, I talked about politics and their relationship with education. And I think that's where my interviewees observed passion and observed my authentic thoughts. However, they are more in line with my professional self than my personal self in how I presented them. And I wonder about whether I have ever been authentic in a personal way in my professional roles. And it makes sense, okay, you know, we're all trying to get the bag, we're all trying to get paid. And being this person that we are around our best friends, around our family, is not necessary in the workplace. But I suppose when it comes to being a black woman, there is something that we learn to push aside when we are trying to assimilate into a culture of a dominant white group. And I wondered whether this is where I am finding this imposter syndrome and also linked to the reason that I felt more imposter syndrome, the further or the more successful or the higher up in the hierarchy I've gotten within my career. It's as if remaining authentic in a personal way in your professional environment is admitting that you're refusing to assimilate into a dominant white culture. And I just wonder how long I can thrive or even just survive in a professional sphere that means I have to turn some of myself down. The job that I've taken is in an institution that I've worked in for the past five years with colleagues that are just lovely. And so it's not like I'm genuinely unhappy in my role and worried about working with colleagues. But I think something within myself has learnt that maybe if I was to be the me that I am at home, the me I am. And I talk about politics, I talk about current affairs in my personal sphere. But if I was to talk about those things in the same way in my professional sphere, would I be seen as authentic or would I be seen as something else? 
And I think I want to be authentic in all ways. I'm doing a doctorate in education. I'll be doing my data collection this year, my third year. And my research does actually look at the link between professional and personal identities and how they affect teaching beliefs and pedagogical choices. And I think in the past three years since I've started my EdD, I have become a better educator because I have learnt there is a need to embody my full self, my whole self in my teaching. So the personal and the professional and embody that as a whole being. Bell Hooks calls the suggestion that we should split the personal and the professional, the mind-body split. This stops us from being vulnerable educators and therefore we cannot humanise our teaching because we are too busy trying to be this professional, detached being rather than embodying who we really are. And so I think... For me, the link between that and my imposter syndrome comes from feeling safe enough or from questioning whether I'm safe enough to be that embodied self. What will happen if I wasn't able to? But I think... The more I've spoken to colleagues who are so, so happy for me moving on up in the institution I'm in, I realise I need to develop or just believe in the level of trust I can have with the colleagues that I work with, with the institution that I work with and build on this trust that my background, my diversity, my race will be something that benefits the institution, that benefits my colleagues and not feel that I have to hide any of it away. Essentially, I think the best thing I've learned about imposter syndrome is that I'm not white. So I definitely have not gotten to where I am by being mediocre And that's a major thing to sort of internalise and to believe in is that if I was mediocre, would I be where I am today? And yeah, the answer is a big fat no. So I need to hold on to that. Know that I have done what my grandfather told me to do, but that I need to stop, stop overproducing, stop trying to be better and just be who I am and hope that, well, know that that can be enough. And so I guess that's what I'm leaving with you, the Race Reflections community. I'm wondering whether any of you have felt the way that I have when it comes to having a new role or being in a place that You've worked hard to be in, yet you're feeling like you shouldn't be there. I implore you, I guess, to trust that you deserve to be there. Trust that you have the right 
to be authentic when you are there and trust that if people can't take that authentic being that embodied sense of self that you're going to portray that that's not where you should have been in the first place So I hope I've made sense. I've found this quite cathartic. (laughs) I hope that listeners don't feel that I have used the podcast as therapy, although I partly have. (laughs) And I hope you've got something out of that. Wishing you all the best and thank you so much for listening. Subscribe, rate and review on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Amazon Music or wherever you get your podcasts. If you want to send us queries, questions and dilemmas to be reflected on, please email at work at racereflections.co.uk.